Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. What I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello, welcome to the RTGA podcast. Mikey Stafford here, uh, joined by Pat Spillane, Rory O'Neill, and Niall McCoy to look back on the weekend. How are we, lads? Very good, Mikey. Good, good stuff. I'm uh, going to rename it Mikey Stafford's RTGA podcast for Sage Football Pundit Mikey Stafford. Let's a couple of pundits on. Some call now to go for Derry when they had to go through Manahan, Donegal, and Toronto to win an Ulster title. That's some call. Like. Yeah, Shimon didn't put any money on it. I still have gone for the All Ireland as well. So if the two come in now. Um, Pat also backed Derry, but I don't think Pat, Pat backed Derry to win the Ulster title before the Ulster Championship started. So I have one up on you, I'd say, Pat. Probably not, but you know, I swear to God, you know, uh, my uh, tipping record this year is actually very, very good. It's the best, I'd say, since I've ever joined RT or joined the Sunday World. I think this is the best run I've ever had. You know? So yeah. and I, I like Derry. I, I fancied Derry yesterday because I just thought there's something about them this year. There's energy, there's athleticism, there's physicality. And there's a there's that want, there's that desire. And you know, people talk about hunger, ash oh, geez, everyone is hungry, but some people wanted that little bit more, and I just like Derry. Yeah. Look, I, I'm I'm still looking out the window here, or, or Mikey, and I can see the smoke still <laughs> from the all the bonfires around the crossroads of Kerry celebrating our is it our yeah. 81st month for title? Oh, uh, 83, 83, Pat. 83rd, Pat. You <laughs> just mean, wanted what, us to correct you. What a weekend of celebration. I know. You know, has a 23-point victory ever been as sweet? <laughs> I don't know. Like, you don't. It's You don't know what is a laugh or cry. I mean, and, and you don't want to patronise patronise uh, Limerick at the same time. But look, it was, like I said, it was men against boys. They were completely out of their depth, out of class. Uh, we can have arguments about provincial championships, should they be. But, you know, bear in mind that uh, this team, Limerick, will be in Division 2 next year. Uh, the team who won in Ulster will be in Division 2 with Limerick next year. And the two teams who contested the Leinster Championship final will be in Division 2 next year. You know, so uh, I'm not too sure. It was, look, this is... Uh, Kerry, were, Kerry were, were very good at times, and they were so-so at times. And uh, Jack, again, like the Cork match, Jack will have a lot to work on, and that's good. Even though a 23-point victory, you say, ah, yeah, that's great. Taught the first quarter of an hour. You know, it, it, the first quarter of an hour when Limerick set up that blanket, and Kerry struggled with that blanket. The only reason why Kerry from then on, because Limerick couldn't maintain that tempo, that pace, mm. that work rate, whatever it is. And the longer the game went on, look, first of all, they, they, they had to abandon the blanket and they had to try to have chase a game. The space opened up and game all over. So that first quarter, uh, like the Derrys, the Donegals, the Mayos or whoever will be facing in a quarterfinal will take a lot of heart and say, oh, this Kerry team, they can be got it. Uh, there's also the failing, that, uh, and I know Gooch highlighted again last night, but this goal scoring threat, I'm disappointed. You know, they should be rattling more goals. They're not even creating goal chances, but they certainly should be converting uh, more. Pat, they are, they are creating goal chances, but they're, they're, taking the, they're taking the cop out fisted over the bar from Actually, 14 yards option every time. That was against Limerick, yeah, no doubt about that. In actual fact, against Cork, they actually only created one goal-scoring chance against Cork, just one, believe it or not. But uh, look, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it, 
I don't know whether to laugh or cry after the weekend. I don't know whether I should be, that we should be celebrating, a, you know, 11 cha championship matches, 22 teams playing, you know, the full houses at, 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 in Salt Hill, the full house in, in Clonus, the, I don't know. I, I just, I just, it was such an underwhelming weekend because Saturday was non-event and Sunday's game in, in Connacht was enjoyable. I don't think it was that highest standard, but it was an enjoyable contest. Uh, Galway still have a lot of improvement to do, but then the Ulster final, I, to be quite honest, I swear to God, lads, I did something that I never happened before that I actually recorded extra time and said, you know what, I'm going to watch it later on because <laughs> I felt, I felt, you know what, I, I'm after losing an hour and a half of my life that I was never going to get back. And I actually recorded and listened to it on the radio. I said, I'll watch it later on tonight because I'll tell you this, I knew nothing was going to change. It was going to be same old, same old. And look, I'm not, look, I'm uh, not Spillane preaching about the games or better years ago. They weren't, they weren't. They're, the players are more skillful nowadays, they're fitter nowadays, and in general, some the, the games are of a high quality, but this was dire safety first football, and you know, you say evolution, and I know this thing, this word evolution, it's all about evolution, and games must be evolving, but sometimes some fellow will have to ask, with evolution, are things improving? Are things getting better? And you have to say, when you look at the likes of the Ulster final yesterday, and look, if Kerry win and all hadn't playing that sort of football, we wouldn't give a tuppenny in Kerry. Not exactly. a tuppenny. And Derry people won't give it. But it was, for the neutral, it was a hard, hard, hard watch. Okay. Uh, I'm neutral, Niall, except for the fact that, you know, my my uh, my punditry uh, reputation was staked on Derry here. But apart from that, I actually quite enjoyed it. I uh, Personally, and Niall, I'm going to you because you're the Ulster man, so I, I'm hoping you're going to agree with me. I want to defend our Ulster brethren here. Um, the word I had used, which Pat will probably not appreciate, was intriguing. Um, ah, hold it, hold it, Pat. Pat loves that my, one. Pat loves that my, one. My BS, I have a BS monitor that I have always had to talk to you. I have a BS monitor and it has just gone through the roof. It has hit the Richter scale. It's gone off the Richter scale. And, and, and all I'm waiting for, all I'm waiting for, what was the word you used again? Now? Give me that word. Intriguing. Intriguing. I'm waiting intriguing. for the next two words. Enthralling. Fascinating, fascinating. I'll throw in chess match and you might have the whole job done. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you look at the finals, like 83rd monster title, we'll be here in 2039 asking how are Limerick and Clare going to get close to us? Kerry rack up their 100 monster title. But if you go up north, until the last seconds, we didn't know who won the match. Now, there was a lot of yes, it was awful. The first 10 minutes was probably the first worst 10 minutes of Ulster football I've ever seen in my life. But give me that over Dublin winning in Leinster. Give me that over Kerry winning the Munster. There was something to keep you there. It was a close match. It was two match teams. Yes, listen, they protected the ball. But anyone expecting anything different from Donegal and Rory Gallagher's Kerry, it's not going to happen. <laughs> So I, excuse me, can I just, just recall, and I know Limerick were humiliated at 23 points and these ones, I just can recall a National Football League semi-final two years ago, the Division 3 semi-final between guess who, Limerick and Derry. And you know what happened? Derry stumbled over the line beating Limerick. And now they're also champions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rory, is there a case here of, um, you know, Style make styles make fights, and 
these two teams are never going to produce a classic. But I'm always intrigued. I'm already intrigued if if things do go according to seeding, shall we say, in the quarterfinals. Galway against Derry would be a very, very interesting All Ireland semi final. It w- it would if that how if that's how it pans out. I think this particular brand of football Derry are playing has a short shelf life. I think we that look this 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 particular brand that they're playing was rumbled about four or five years ago. We I mean we first saw it ten years ago. That's the only disappointing aspect for, for me to a certain extent. There, there was two there was two things that struck me about the game yesterday. It was obviously we have now disappeared back into a twenty twelve vortex <laughs> of shite. And we'll have copycat coaches up and down the country, you know, again, seeing that this type of football can win championships. I think that that doesn't sit well with me. The second thing was, there's about four or five minutes to go. I never, ever saw this before. In all my time watching Gaelic football, I never saw two teams effectively settle for extra time. I couldn't believe it. It was was absolutely extraordinary. Like. This was like that time Ireland played Holland in the World Cup, you know, where the two teams have effectively yeah. know that, like, they, it was almost as if there was an agreement between them. Asher, look, we yeah. another 20 minutes here, lads. I, I, you know, I, it was it was bizarre now, you know. Like, it reminds me, do you, know, do you know the way the last game of a county league game and, and uh, you either, the two teams either need a draw or one team doesn't give it up. But I remember uh, it was a friend of mine was refing a game in South Kerry, Division One National League or a county league game. And uh, with about seven or eight minutes to go, the captain of one of the teams said, look, ref, uh, we both need a draw here and we've decided it's going to be a draw. Uh, so is that all right? He said, and he went, the ref wasn't, wasn't too happy. And do you know what he did? He played <laughs> 10 minutes of extra time. <laughs> so for 15 minutes, they just passed the ball around yeah. with each other in a circle. And, and there was a bit of that. I, I wouldn't be, Rory, as critical as Derry. I, I swear to God, I mean, I, I watched Derry against Tyrone and I've watched Derry in, in a few of the league games, uh, the Galway game accepted. But I like their style of football. I, I, you know, well, they have some fantastic players, Pat. They yeah, have some brilliant you know, footballers. I, yeah, they have the blanket defence, yeah. And yes, they bring the bodies back. But their transitioning is very quick. And, and most of the time, yes, I... I Yes, that was so different because when one team sets up, that's a mirror image of the other. That's what you're going to get a statement. But normally they transition quick and they always have three players in front of the ball. I thought, I mean, if, if the culprits yesterday were Donegal because they were like an old an old heavyweight boxer, you know, that has been on the go for years and is still plugging away, throwing a few old punches, but with the same old game plan and the same old formula, but he's now doing it at, at about 30% of the energy that he had. And, and just... Donegal are a one-trick pony. They were very good when they burst on the scene with this high-tempo running game. That high-tempo running game is no longer. And I've seen them during the league, and I saw them again yesterday, when they played this slow, laborious, lateral, ponderous pass, they're no threat to anyone. And they were a huge disappointment. They were a huge disappointment. I expected a lot more from Donegal. And I don't know, certainly there will be question marks if they don't really have a, a run semi-final final there'll certainly be question marks of whether the Bonner and Rochford will I think that if ever there's a county that need a, a change of, of of management and a change of style and a freshness I think it's Donegal it's one of them anyway yeah. Rory's right there about the, the declaring and the final moments Donegal were the 
were the worst of that. Like with a minute yeah, to go, I would agree. Yeah, they, they, yeah, they didn't yeah. even they didn't even try to go over the halfway line in that final minute. Would have could have won an Ulster title. That that for me. But have you did down. you ever see that before, Niall, in a championship match that's on the line? You know, we're effectively two teams say, do you know what? We're happy here to play another time. I think I, it was I, one, I don't think, I, I think think it was one team, Rory. I, I don't think Derry could have come out into Donegal's half to try and oh, get yeah, the ball back. Think, okay, I okay. think they they could have got sucked out and then they'd be in trouble. Donegal had the ball. It was it was yeah. in their literally the ball was in their court to do and something they and they decided yes. not to. The stat, the, the stat from yesterday's game says it all. I mean, in the safety first and field, there was only two points scored in yesterday's game from turnovers. So basically what happened was they actually didn't go near the opposition at all. They just recycled and recycled and went backwards and didn't engage the opposition at all. There was no... Actually, what was interesting about... Like, I look at the teams yesterday and they, uh, like, there's one word, there's one thing that stands out. Pace, 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 pace. Galway had the pace over Erskamen. Obviously, Dublin had the pace over Kildare. Uh, Kerry had pace, energy over there. Uh, and definitely Derry have that pace and athleticism. But you know what I like? I like, I like about this man marking. Do you, know, do you know, I looked at Brendan Rodgers yesterday, man marking uh, Michael Murphy. Or I looked at uh, Malai, Kieran Malai marking uh, Enda Smith. And instead of, instead of, Rogers doing a man marking job and following Murphy instead of Malai following Smith, they played the game on their terms and made Michael Murphy instead of Brendan Murphy, Brendan Rogers shadowing and focusing on. He played the game on his terms. He ran, he ran, he ran, he ran, and poor old Michael Martin, Michael Murphy hadn't energy. And it was the same with Kieran Malai. Kieran Malai, instead of defending and doing a man marking, tagging job on Indus Smith, was attacking, attacking, moving, 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 and playing the game on their terms. And I like that. Yeah, it was it was a sensational performance, Rory, wasn't it? Brendan Rogers, like three points from full back yeah. when for half the game you're, you're you're marking Michael Murphy. It's phenomenal, Roy Rover stuff. Yeah, he's unreal. I mean, just like uh, you'd be delighted for him and delighted for Derry and their support there. That was there yesterday, really early doors. I mean, uh, you know, like it was. Uh, I was a superb display. I think it was a little. Like, I mean, look, I know a lot of the, analy- the, the analysis after the fact now, and there's loads of Monday morning quarterbacks saying, you know, why didn't they play Murphy closer to goal? <laughs> why didn't they? You know, like, he, is he, what is he know? Is he 34? And no, he's, legs are gone. he's 32, I'd say, is he? Certainly 32. And, and, and a guy of his age, with a guy, not alone, not his age, with the mileage. A guy with his mileage on the leg, playing in a hot, humid conditions in Clonus, expecting to run box to box, covering that middle third. Nah, no, he's mean, not. Like against Cavan, they kicked two. Now one was a speculative shot. They moved the him into the second half, Rory. and they scored. They scored two goals with the ball just dropping into the square. And you've got this man mountain that you could put in there, and they never really did that. It was yeah. really disappointing. Now we've been talking about that all year. Try, 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 trying to get the best out of him at this stage. I always think if you look, Arsene Wenger's book is really interesting in terms of how he manages players. It always, and one particular passage always struck me. Um, when he took over, obviously Bergkamp was still there. He went to Bergkamp and he said to Bergkamp, look, Dennis, you're not going to play every game from now on. You're only going to play about 20 to 25 games. But if you are happy with your role playing the 20 to 25 games. We'll get another three years out of you and you'll have another three years playing um, playing uh, Premier League elite level football and you'll elongate your career. I think sometimes that particular mindset is lost in the GAA. We kind of see players when they get to the latter stages in their careers and we don't 
remodel the roles that we give them to try and get the maximum out of them. And we still kind of think they can do the things that they used to do when they were in their early 20s, when they patently can't. And as Pat said, like the conditions were warm yesterday. It was obviously going to favour a sort of a younger, fitter team. And we've spoken before about how fit Derry were. And look, they were well, they deserved their victory. I would have just liked to have them, I would have just liked to have seen them push on and grab the victory as opposed to, you know, fear football, which is kind of what yeah. we saw at its worst. Yeah. No. The only thing I'd say about Michael Murphy, Donegal are going to be lost with him without the field as well. That's, That's the other thing about it. Like he, <coughs> he, kicked a, he kicked a couple of bad efforts while, yes, wouldn't expect from him. He could have been coming out of that game from play. And he, he still is dictating out there. And life after Michael Murphy in Donegal is going to be highly interesting because he's still undoubtedly the most intelligent player on the field. As Pat said there, his engine certainly couldn't have went for 80 minutes, yes. And we saw that with that when Brendan Rodgers got away from him, who's probably a better hurler than Fokker. He's just a magnificent athlete. Um, it's going to be, how, how Donegal plugged that hole when Michael... I wouldn't be surprised, I'll tell you this much, Niall. I would not be one bit surprised if... In the next year or two, Michael hung, hangs up the boots and puts on the banished doors, babe. Literally one to the other. Well, he's already, he's already, you could easily see him become a Donegal manager. He just has that presence about him. And I wouldn't be surprised if it happened sooner than we think, you know. I reckon Pat is he the GAA's Pep Guardiola. Well, you know, there was an interesting article on Saturday, I think it was in the examiner. I was reading about, and it was Ron Nogara talking about, uh, about the squad. Not the team, but about the squad. Uh, and this big, and he quoted Eddie Jones as well. And it is talking about do you start your best 15 or do you finish at the finisher's key? And you know, sometimes, and you look at the likes of Michael Murphy and you wonder maybe would he be better off being used for the last 20, 25 minutes at the edge of the square? Because you know what? The one thing about Donegal is around the middle of the field over the last number of years, they have a lot of athleticism. They have a lot of physicality. They have a lot of very pacey players, but they don't seem to be using them. Or maybe, you know, sometimes having a great player, and Michael Murphy is one of the greats. Uh, actually, I won't get into that. And he is a great player. No, you don't need to buy. You don't need to. That was a bit like, that debate yesterday between Cullum and, and, and Sean was a bit like, uh, deciding which one of your children is the, is, is is your favourite, you know. But it, it was, I, I, you know, I soldiered for 35, 40 years behind the bar, and, and I listened to that debate every night for forty five years. So, I, uh, <laughs> you have to win in All Ireland to, to be a great player. No, you do not. No, Michael Murphy is one of the all time greats, whether he wins another All Ireland or not. Uh, but I do think that he. Like, do you remember your man Red Adair, the famous uh, 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 American guy that used to go to quench all those fires in oil fields and he used to be flown all over the world with Red Adair. And Michael Murphy is the Red Adair in Gaelic football because with Johnny Gall, he, he's expected to fight fires back in his defence in the middle of the field, in the full forward line. And unfortunately, he hasn't got the legs for 70 minutes out the field. And I think you have to make it e either use him as a finisher or... I think you have to use them. You have to use them at, at, at the edge of the square. And I looked at a lot of those goals just to, in the Talton Cup in particular. And an awful lot of the goals came from... Just what? long ball in, long Big, ball in. Long high ball edge of the square. <laughs> yeah. 
And people say, I think I saw it was a Philly McMahon or someone like that in, in his article on the weekend. He was talking about uh, the day of the big target man has gone. The day of the big target man has never gone because the never. big target man, you're firing the ball into the danger area. You're firing the ball into where the scoring zone is. And a big man with a reach of two or three inches above the, either he'd win the ball or at worst, it's a break and a chance of a goal. So is there a role for a big man, that big target man at full form? Of course there is. Yeah. But of course, but of course, the reluctance is in coaching, the fear, the fear, the fear. Possession, yeah. possession, possession. Recycle, recycle. Don't take a chance because if you kick the ball long, maybe you might lose. But yeah. maybe you might score a goal as well. Yeah, chaos is no bad thing in a game of Gaelic football no, sometimes. Right. Um, Niall, we... we, we... We've done with Donegal there for now, so I, we really should talk about the victors to whom the spoils go. Obviously, uh, quarter final place now. Um, I'm obviously a fan, and uh, I asked you to be a fan too because I asked you to write a piece about a month ago about how great they were or more. Um, I I I don't think they're going to win in All Ireland, don't worry. I haven't gone that far with it, but at the same time, a team coached by Rory Gallagher, as we've said, they're supreme supremely fit. They're very very well coached. They have some excellent forwards some of whom play in the full back line. Um, you know, there's a lot to like here and a lot that would trouble anyone. And, you know, and as I said, going down, you know, it could be in the semi-final Galway, which I think would be a very interesting game. Yeah, yeah. And a, a lot of things have come together for Derry over this last couple of years. Um, a lot of school success, Mahara and Mahara Fett, a lot of success at minor and under 20 county level. Then a couple of big things, Connor Glass coming back from the AFL has been huge and I thought his role, yes, uh, whether you agree with how he plays or not, um, I thought he carried it out brilliantly. Um, he was just, he, he, he played that covering role fantastically well. And then Slot Neil, like Slot Neil know how to win big games. Uh, Brendan Rogers plays for a fourth Slot Neil, Shane McGuigan for the hurler, sorry, Shane McGuigan hurls in defence. They go out and, you know, they do that at county level at the opposite end of the pitch, although they spent as much time at either end. So they have that composure. Christy McCaig's probably the best man marker in Ulster at the moment. So a lot of really good players, very strong, very fast, very fit. If you were to pick a modern team, what you'd want, you know, whether, again, whether we like the game or not, they tick so many boxes, so many boxes, speed, pace, and Gallagher has them playing intelligent football. Yeah. Rory mentioned earlier about, you know, they got found out about four or five years ago playing this football. It's not that much different. What I would say now is they have much higher quality players playing it across the pitch. Rory's had three seasons now working on them. I do think Rory is probably a short span manager. I think that sort of football probably does have a short span. Jim McGuinness probably was the same at Donegal with Rory beside him. They got a couple of years at the very, very top. But listen, when he's there, he obviously makes it work and they'll go into the All-Ireland Series and absolutely no expectation on them in terms of what they're going to get out of the season because right. of that Ulster title. And they can but go you're with. right, Niall. Uh, you're right, Niall. Derry do tick the boxes, the pace, the physicality, the athleticism. Uh, the only thing is when I take away, I mean, can I take away really anything from the provincial finals? Obviously, you can't take away anything from the Kerry, from the Munster final, the Leinster final. Uh, and while we're, we're reading a lot into the Ulster final, uh, to be perfectly honest, I didn't rate Donegal. I think I saw them so, several times during the league. I think, like I said, this is a Donegal team that are very much in decline. Very, very much in decline. Uh, could I judge? I mean, the big thing is, so can you really judge... The semi-finals. We're talking about semi-finals, possibly Galway Derry, I uh, and uh, our Kerry Dublin. I really believe we're going to see at least one 
maybe two huge banana skins between now and the semi-final. Because I do think, first of all, the big problem for the winners, four-week break, uh, the managers, and they, they were talking about it, they had Jack O'Connor and all the, a two-week break is what managers love. A four-week mm. break, it's very hard to get it. And you know last year, Kerry got a four-week break to the uh, to the semi-final. Okay, it was, they didn't know when it was, but they weren't ready for it. But so the four-week break is an issue. That's number one. Secondly, the teams that are going to be playing in the quarterfinal are going to be battle-hardened. They're going to have played two, two games, two competitive games under their belt, and they'll be ready. So the one, if, if I'm going to say, I, somebody, I think it was a Marc O'Shea today, did I see he had uh, Dublin 1, Derry 2, and Kerry 3. No, that's, I wouldn't agree with Mark. But if Derry have a problem, and this is why, Derry, are Derry going to win the all No, they're not. And very simply, I'll tell you why they're not going to win the They just don't have a forward line of the quality that's required to win an all they won't win in Ireland. They haven't that top quality forwards. McGuigan is a good forward, but you take go back to Johnny Gall. Go back to when when Jimmy and and and, and Rory had Johnny Gall. He had McFadden. He had Michael Murphy. He had he had shooters. He had quality top quality forwards inside. Derry don't have that top quality forward to deliver an All Ireland title. That's my belief. That's... I, I I'd agree. I would agree. Mm. She and McGuigan's top quality, but. I think he carries a lot of the burden. And interestingly, he wasn't in, on the ball much in the first half, came in more in the second half. But I would agree that's... And Derry and Galway, I suppose, maybe are the two vulnerable, the banana slips there. They could be coming up against a Mayo, a Tyrone, a Donegal. Like, I, I, I certainly wouldn't be placing both them in the semi-final yet. It's a look at a draw job from here. Okay. Let's let's move on to, to Galway then, because as Pat said, the, the games on Sunday were... were Well, they were, they were games which, which helped... Rory, um, it was as Pat said. It was a f- it, the, the the standard was high, but if uh, yeah, the high ish. If if the um Ulster final was cagey and defensive and cautious, and we wanted to keep the ball, the Connacht final was a little bit more. You have a shot, we have a shot. You have a shot, we have a shot. So the question marks about the Galway defence, which were somewhat answered against Mayo, I don't think they're completely gone away, and I don't think it takes a genius to say if Galway have an Achilles heel, it's their defence, not their attack. Yeah, no, that's that is that's absolutely fair, and they will. That'll probably persist. It's probably why they're sitting a little deeper, um, without the ball, and they've obviously got unbelievable pace in the team, so they can transition quite quickly. I think that the impressing, the impressive thing from a Galway perspective for me is they played slightly differently yesterday against Ross Common to the way they played against Mayo, um, and th- obviously they wouldn't have needed to change their game plan too much against Leitrim because I but what they're showing I think as a management team is a level of flexibility in their approach around um, team selection and obviously you know positioning of certain players with certain roles. I think they've added a good few strings to their bow uh, in a tactical sense. And I think they're building momentum. I think Galway are one of those teams in football, the longer they stay in the championship, they can become a much more difficult proposition. They'll spend more time training together. I think Pat's point is absolutely fair in that the four-week gap is is an issue. But having said that, I mean, look, it was a tricky enough kind of title for them to win. They had to beat Mayo and Roscommon in the one year. We saw Comer going off with what looked like serious enough ankle injury. It'll give them some time to get the bodies right. Um, they know with a fair degree of certainty, obviously, you know that they are going to be playing on 
on that quarterfinals weekend. So I think, look, I think they're in a good place. I think management, I think there was a really good sense of spirit about the place yesterday. Um, they needed to get silverware on the board. I think that's Park Joyce's first piece as a manager. And um, yeah, I think uh, they, they, I think the way the draws panned out, obviously with Dublin and Kerry on the other side, I think Galway will certainly feel they have a great chance to make an All-Ireland final at the least. Yeah. Past Galway have the forward line to win in All-Ireland, I think you'd have to agree. Yeah, their stats yesterday were very impressive. I mean, what was it? 219, 2.16 from play. Yeah. Uh, they have Shane Walsh, and Shane has, has what top quality forwards have. Shane has what David Clifford, what Con, what Kieran Kilkenny has, is a next factor. Mm. A next factor, a fellow that on his day is actually unmarkable. And he's a class act because he's left, right, beautiful balance, lovely jink, lovely sidestep, lovely solo dummy. But and he's still quick. Oh, he's fast. And he, yeah. like I said, right and left. Now, he was brilliant yesterday. But the one thing I've noticed is that when, like, Galway play well when their key players are on far. So who are their key players? There's Sean Kelly in the back. There's Conrad midfield. There's Damien Comer. There's Shane Walsh. They're their big key players. If they are on song, Galway are very good. They were on song yesterday. Probably Conroy didn't. Conroy was quite, but your man was outstanding, Ulton Harney, Pat. He, he was probably Ross Common's best player. Maybe sick and Conroy got that point. He, he was outstanding, though. <laughs> it was, yeah. it was excellent. So, so uh, the forward, forward, forwards are very good. They're, they're very good. Uh, they're very good against Ross Common and they're very good against Leitzum and they were very good against, for spells, for spells. Against against Mayo, first mm-hmm. quarter, third quarter, brilliant. Second quarter, very poor. Last quarter against Mayo, uh, they nearly got caught. Uh, yeah. What I, the one thing I was surprised about yesterday, the lads told me, Kerry uh, played Roscommon in a challenge a week earlier, and Roscommon gave them a damn good game. Uh, and the one thing you always like, you 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 admire Roscommon down through years because one thing they're great battlers, they're great warriors, there's great spirit in them. They, they were lacking that on uh, yesterday. I just felt it, and somebody, you know, they were just not at it yesterday. They weren't that uh, in your face, physicality, aggression. Just didn't see. And the other thing yesterday is their forwards. And one of the things about their forwards, the six forwards that Roscommon have are really skillful forwards. They're scoring forwards, but like their six forwards that scored yesterday by the forty-six minute, all six forwards. But the one thing I thought about their forward play yesterday. That was very much individual efforts. There was no, do you know the way you saw Dublin? There was a direct ball, the movement off, the movement showing for the ball, the runners coming off the shoulders. Roscommon, everything was in, was slow, was ponderous, was lateral. And there was no bring, there was no work rate from the full forward line. There was no runners coming off the shoulder. Or maybe they weren't even inclined to give it to runners. And I mean, the classic example was in the Smith who had a goal chance. He could have popped, he should have popped it off and said he took a shot, ball went wide. So their forward play yesterday, while they have great in it, was very poor. Defensively, they were so so like management didn't have a great day at the office. Shane Walsh was was on song, nothing to do to curb him. Rob Finnerty was having a field day, nothing to do to curb him. So uh, like Godman were good, yeah. Godman were good. Godman were very good. They were only won by three points. They should have won by the, the final score. Uh, I should, uh, yeah. There was a few scores in garbage time there, as the as the yeah, Americans like to call yeah, it. But, but, but don't rule out gab. You know, don't disregard garbage time because garbage time against Mayo was the last five minutes, right? And if you can remember, the last five minutes against Mayo, 
Mayo score, outscored Galway five points to nil. Mm. For the last 15 minutes of garbage time yesterday, uh, uh, Roscommon outscored Galway 2-2 two, two, to three points. So garbage time is okay, but garbage time you can get caught as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but they're nice. I like them. Nice footballers. Well, I was about to say, ask that Niall. You would say yesterday, it was a nice game of football. And the Pat makes the point, like there wasn't... There was one black card, I think, and there was there was a couple of pull downs and this and that. But it was it did it, it lacked a bit of blood and thunder that perhaps you would have expected from especially from Ross Common coming up against a, a Galway team that were obviously going to hope for a shootout, I suppose. Yeah, and there, there wasn't even many attempts to disrupt that Galway, uh, you know, by, by hook or by crook, even you know, just to sort of disrupt it like it was. It was missing. I think you said the word nice there, Mikey, and that probably describes it. I, I, I and the, back to Pat's point there about Ross Common. And flowing team moves being absent. I tossed some of the Galway scores, team scores were absolutely first class. Oh, yeah. some, of the, some of the angles to talk coming off the runs and all were were tremendous. Again, I'm I'm repeating the point here, but you know, it's a litmus test for them when they come up in a couple of weeks, they might face a throne. And if you're facing a throne that's yeah. got a couple of wins under their belt, that's when you sort of see Galway's ambitions and where they can go in this championship. Because on paper, again, they're a team that have ticked so many boxes, particularly intact. And they're well set up, yes, but when you're in the heat of the battle against a Tyrone, someone who's been there who can grind you down, that's when you see a team's real All-Ireland uh, credentials. Yeah, I think that's fair. We'll, 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 we'll truck on that because we've, we've still got two matches to get through, admittedly, two provincial finals. We, we, we won't dwell too long on them, Rory, um, but, you know, the, the county in which you are a resident um the tales of their uh oblivion have been slightly exaggerated um that was a hell of a first half performance yes it was it was ruthless it was like let's get this match over by half time and uh let our fans at home switch over to the second half of the rugby because the second half of the yeah. rugby was excellent yeah no i yeah i didn't see i didn't see the rugby but um yeah just i mean look they do look like they're back to their sort of flowing best you, you know, they picked up the it, pace, haven't they? The ponderous well, it, play well, of last year well, seems to be gone. The in, yeah, the in, uh, when you've got somebody like Conor Callan on the edge of the square playing as well as he as well as he does, and as well as he can do. I mean, we mentioned it earlier. Kicking the ball into the lad in full forward is a handy old tactic to use. Believe it or not, it's an old-fashioned one, but maybe sometimes it works when you've got a player of his quality in there. And. I mean, look, he's just, he just brings a whole new dimension to their play. I think just, they made ribbons of Wexford and people dismissed it on the basis of quality of opposition. Then they went and did something similar to Meath. They've now done it to a team that's supposedly at the same level, technically would be ordinarily if this competition was in a different format. Kildare would probably be in the, the upper echelons, you would assume. So, I mean, I don't know how many times, how many more times they have to do, go out and absolutely redden a team before people will actually say, hang on a second there, the dubs are back. And that's what it looks to me anyway, that they are back. And I think there's a few, there's a few things. Obviously the insertion of Conor Callaghan back into the side create changes the whole dynamic of their play. They're obviously playing slightly more direct. But I actually do believe appointing James McCarthy as captain had a significant effect on the dressing room as well because his standing within Dublin football and within the game, I think that would have changed the entire mood. I wouldn't be one bit surprised if there is a sense we need to get this fellow up the steps of the Hogan stand. He deserves it, you know? So 
like, I mean, look, I'm just, as Pat said, you just hope those banana skins doesn't deprive us all of seeing themselves and Kerry take, take each other on on the 9th of July because, wow, like, yeah. bring that one on. Um, Pat, I think Kildare thought they were going to a shootout, but they uh, they didn't realise they had a spud gun in their uh, in their holster, I think. Well, you know, like, you know, we're, we're, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. You know, we're, we're critical of the Ulster final because the two teams set up so defensively and gave us that sort of match. We were critical of Kildare last year because Kildare came with a game plan against Dublin last year, which was basically a defensive game plan. They didn't have an attacking plan and they were criticised. And last Saturday, they came with no defensive plan and they sort of decided, well, we have forwards as well and we're going to... We're going to sh- we're going to have a shootout and we can beat the dogs if it comes to the shootout. But I, I remember I, I remember I think it was after the 77 All Adam semi-final when Kelly got beaten by Dublin. Uh, and I remember Con Hoolan writing something in the evening press on the Monday after. And he was he was he was nicely critical in a humorous way of Kelly uh, of Kelly's failings. But I think I remember he described one of our, the followers as being like like a, a gunfighter going down uh, Main Street for a shootout and discovering he hadn't his gun. Uh, and that was a bit like Kildare's followers system. Not alone didn't have the gun, but it's fine even if you have the gun, but they didn't have the bullets to shoot with either. Uh, and, and, and they never got the, got the possession. But, you know, I was at the game yesterday, or Saturday, and just, we were, just to watch the Dublin movement, the forward play was just a joy to behold. But it comes with a caveat that the amount of space that was there was unreal. But I mean, the two stats that the football was champagne football. I mean, you look at the two first halves that are after producing against against Mead, they scored with 18, they had 19 shots in the first half, scored with 18, scored with 170, scored 117. Look at the stats from 14 shots at goal. 14 shots at goal they had against Kildare. They scored with 12 of them. They got 5-7 out of 12 shots. That is unbelievable. In the first half. In the five, with 12 out of 14 shots, and they scored five. But what I loved about it, it was football as a brilliant bit. The kicking, the movement, the support play, the angles of running, the work rate off the ball. And as a forward, I know you work and you work and you run and you run. And then when you get that yard of space, you need the ball quickly kicked into you. And the Dubs were doing that just. And I talked about it Saturday. And I remember uh, talking about Mick O'Dwyer. I said, the only piece of advice Mick ever gave us on a football is never look at your knees on the ball. Heads up football, intelligent football, seeing where the opponents are, seeing where the space is, and seeing where your team is. And that was heads up, intelligent football. It was beautiful football, but it comes with a caveat that there was so much space and there was so little effort by Kildare in the first half that it does... The caveat is still there. Yes, they've got their mojo back. But will I say after, yeah, or because of Saturday's performance, uh, is there a, a, can they win the all I still hold back on that a little bit. Yeah, they do, okay. they do lack it. Like, they don't have the depth, I think, that they may, they, they used to have, certainly. I mean, I think they probably don't have the same caliber of player to call, to, to you know, call in reserve. Yeah. Niall well, Scully and Johnny Cooper came off the bench. Still not bad, you know. Still <laughs> the rest not bad. of them were unknown. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and I, but like, if if they did pick up an injury to a key player, you know, that's the only thing that you'd be saying, you know. Uh, yeah, Niall, um, it, uh, Colin Cooper mentioned this on the Sunday game last night about Kerry and the the lack of goals, and it it, it is becoming. I 
there is outside of perhaps that Ulster final, we have seen games and Derry in previous rounds have been reliant on it. There does seem to be, you know, teams, a lot of teams, and I can see why Gooch is kind of worried about it. A lot of teams seem to be, if there's a chance to score a goal, we're scoring a goal. And it'd be easy to see when it gets to the latter stages of championships, the teams who are practiced at, at raising green flags are going to have an advantage. And clearly there's no point in, you know, Dublin were ruthless because they could win the game, but it also shows, hey, you know, we're not just kicking points from the D here anymore. We're going to score goals. Kerry aren't going for the juggler for goals with that sort of margin against Limerick. It, it was the perfect sort of match to go for goals and sort of sharpen those instincts because the game was, it was never going to be a contest. And then you just turn around and see what Dublin are doing. And, you know, people talk about Dublin being gone. Um, you think back to the first league match against Armagh and Howard and Fenton boys were pulling shots wide that you never see it. And people are wondering, was that the way of it moving forward? No chance, no chance. There's only one team that can beat Dublin in this All-Ireland race and it's Kerry. Dublin would beat any other team in Ireland, no problem. So they're in the top two, they're still in the top two, and realistically, are they the favourites in my eyes? Probably yes. All right, so don't don't bother with the All-Ireland final. Oh, we'll just pull up the sticks after well, the semi. The, quick, the, the quicker to get a route into the All-Ireland quarterfinal playing in, without playing an answer, the better, because it was checking their 12 in a row, win it by 14 points. It's their seventh uh, biggest win on that run of 12, seven biggest final win. So they won six of those 12 by bigger than 14 point margin. It's a ridiculous championship. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's not Dublin's fault. It's very hard to work out what the actual process should be, but it's a shambolic provincial championship. Yeah, and, okay. You know, well, and you know what it wasn't, Pat? It wasn't intriguing one bit. <laughs> it wasn't it compelling, was... intriguing, fascinating, or enthralling. It, it wasn't a chess match either. <laughs> one of those games, the Kelly and the, the Munster and Linz fans were one of those games that you hoped that you had it recorded and you've just flicked forward at the end to see what was the final score because the result was never in doubt. I yeah. hope you have it recorded and you recorded the wrong channel. It was a wrong <laughs> contest. We, uh, I, I had someone contact me on, on Twitter, Rory, after the game. I, I don't know why they, they weren't known to me. They just said, now, do you think those two matches... Cat, they weren't trying to catfish you, Mikey? I no, no, I don't think so. It. No, no, there was no picture. Um, they, I don't know, they just asked it. Now, do you think the people who are back in the provincial champions will think championships will think differently now? And they just said... Well, Dublin and Kerry doing this for the last 15 years hasn't changed anyone's mind. So why is it them doing it this year going to change anybody's exactly. mind? Like, I mean, the provincial championships, and I'd even include, I know, look, Ulster cling to it and, you know, they were a stumbling block, but they weren't the only ones. But the provincial championships are dead-end entities. We know that. I mean, the calendar and congested fixtures program is too tight and too early. The Ulster final was a dreadful game. The Ulster final was compelling. Irish people and GA supporters have developed a new national pastime, which is effectively whinging and moaning about everything. All of these things are true. <laughs> and they can all be true. At this, and they can all be true at the same time. That's, that's the hilarious thing about it. You're like, right about the provincial championships because we could we could ridicule them and laugh them off and but, and yeah. yes you you could give a lot of arguments why you could laugh them off but yeah. there's this dream out there do you know there's this utopian society out there do you know like remember the coke cola ad i'd like to teach the world to sing in perfect harmony grow up yeah. trees. Yeah. so i don't you know this perfect world doesn't exist and there's this belief that oh geez if we scrap the provincial championship we'll have lots of different winners we'll have lots of different doodle do we will not the national football league which is well formed the National Football League, the Division One teams, it's the same couple of teams. 
that come through the National Football League and win. Kerry are still winning the National Football League for the last three years. So irrespective of whether Kerry, Dublin, Galway, whatever like that, were in another provincial or in an open draw, the cream always comes to the top, the same teams. But you know, while we're at it, look, you know, maybe I'm going soft in my audience. Maybe it's because my son is involved with 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 uh, with Sligo. But I've watched, I've watched, I watched during the league. I watched more Division Four National League games than I watched Division One games. But I will say this: out of the weekend that's just gone by, I'm just saying the Talton Cup is starting to be a huge success. It's going to be a huge success. And I just thought, when I saw the Carlo players celebrating after that victory, and you start to say, that's it, that is brilliant. And I was just thinking about it. When is the last time we saw Leitrim win a championship match on the Sunday game? Well, do you know what? When you think oh, about rolling, it is a long time. Last time Leit- they played New York, maybe, whenever that was. No, we, no, we saw actually Rory. They beat London a couple of weeks ago. But let's take take Leedsum and Sligo, right? Take Leedsum and Sligo. One of them is going to get Tenala into Talton Cup semi-final, right? For Leedsum or Sligo, the winners of that game, it will be their fifth championship game of the year their fifth championship game go back through the records when did Leitrim or Sligo ever play five championship games in the one year probably never maybe once in the life probably never not alone that they'll, they'll be playing their fifth championship game either Limerick they will be playing it in Crow Park and they will be playing it live on RT television and you're starting to say ah this is great and I've looked at all the teams there's, no one has dropped out. They're committing. They're training hard. They're full-strength teams. Carlo, who were humiliated in the league, one victory against Watford, who were humiliated in the Leinster Championship. The easy option for the Carlo management, Niall Carew and his players, was to say, affect this. Anyway. And you know what? They said, look, we'll give it a crack. This is our level. They trained hard. They had challenge games. And yesterday, they might win another game, but yesterday was their moment in the sun. And I thought, geez, this Talton Cup, it's good. And Niall Carew was one of the managers who was, he wasn't, he wasn't sugarcoating it after they went out of the championship. He said, I don't know. I don't know what kind of squad we're going to have. He genuinely, he answered the question honestly. And we were kind of wondering, oh, this might not augur well. But clearly, as you say, Pat, they went away and had training sessions and decided, let's give it a rattle. And it wasn't the biggest shock of all time because they beat a team who were in the same division as them this year. But it was still a good win. And, and when you think about it, Mikey, think about it that next weekend, and we talk about attendances and at the Munster final, and we talk about the attendance at Crow Park, which was abysmal as well. Mm. Think about it, that two quarterfinals in the Talton Cup next weekend will probably have close to full house at Park Sean in Carrick and Shannon, the local Derby, Sligo and Leitrim, that's number one, mm. and at Brewster Park, Cavan, and Fermanagh local drive. They'd be close to full house for a quarter final of a competition which a couple of months ago a lot of teams didn't want. So it's great. It's good. It's a it's a nice positive story to take out of the weekend instead of fucking we're bashing the provincial championships and whatever. Yeah, no, I think and I think it's a good way to finish as well, Pat. So so Niall my I was cribbing this morning about it because I was in a bad mood. I hadn't got much sleep and I was saying, Leitrim Sligo, Fermanagh Cavan, Carlo Westmeath. Such novel pairings were being thrown up, but I think I'm just being churlish. And, and let's be honest, we do have Offaly New York, which may be a first ever. So, um, you know, the, the, it is getting to the point now, exactly as Pat says, the carrot of a televised semi-final in Crow Park. It's it's not being patronising to say that's a fairly big carrot for all these teams. Uh, absolutely. And I was at the launch there a couple of weeks ago and 
a number of the players had never played at Crow Park and you're looking out in the pitch and I was speaking to the funeral team, they'd love to just get and play in Crow Park. It's on the bucket list and it is on the bucket. It's a possibility now for so many of them. And I, I kept hearing, you know, the GER promoting this, GER promoting this. I don't know how much more they could have done. They've done plenty. There's going to be improvements in the promotional side of things. But Pat's exactly right. For all the promotion and all the whatever press releases, photo calls, seeing the Carlo players fist pumping like crazy, seeing Fermanagh celebrate that late goal and the cheer that went up when Ryan Jones kicked that late score. That's what's going to that's what's gonna get people over the line this competition, seeing that the players actually care about this. The Tommy Murphy Cup, the first ever draw was a joke. You had five teams entered, one pulled out. Likes of Cameron saying, no, we're not going to play because we want to focus on club commitments. You've got a whole raft of teams now that have put their heart into it. They seem to have really said, right, we're going to back this. And they're enjoying it. As alluded to, the matches were crackers over the weekend. Really good contests of good football. Maybe that bit of pressure is off where they can go out and play a bit of football. And it showed. It showed there were some really good matches. London London came to Fermanagh a few weeks ago. I'm just thinking of the expense, London, to come over and play a challenge match in Fermanagh. That shows the commitment levels. And they very well got a big Sligo. Sligo, I think, at 18 weights. But what are the results? 21. 21. <laughs> 21. Uh, 21. Oh. For, for Tony McEntee, who comes from Cross McGlynn, a side legendary for the conversion rates. They kicked 21 wides. He probably never kicked 21 wides in his whole Cross McGlynn career. <laughs> but listen, I, I thought in terms of, I know it wasn't the first weekend of the competition, but in terms of that weekend there, that was a real starter's gun yeah. for it. And I think going forward, I think there's a real future to this competition because mm. already the public opinion on the scenes have swayed a bit. And, it's a, and, and you know, it's what we didn't see in Killarney or, or, or in, it's a level playing field, teams of equal ability playing against each other. And well, you know what? At the end of the day, I, I, I always used to preach that to you, lads. When you say you've won a county title, does anyone say it was it novice? Was it junior? Was it intermediate? A county title is a county title. An All Ireland title is an All Ireland title. Whether it is Talton Cup, under 20, under 16, under 14, whatever like that, an All Ireland medal is an All Ireland medal. Yeah, it's, it, yeah. it's a mindset that has to be, it, we have to reverse engineer it, I think, is the thing, Pat, because actually, this is going to sound like I'm really blowing my own trumpet here, but my sister pulled out some like GA magazine from 20 years ago or more. And uh, it was a picture of uh, our club after winning a minor county title. And I was sure in my head it was a Division Three county title. It wasn't. It was a Division Two county title. So it was even better. But as you say, Pat, I didn't care that for 20 years I thought it was a Division Three title. It was actually Division Two. So I was like, Rory, this it is a mindset, but it's very difficult. And this is the problem the GAA have that we can all see that it's working and that even a senior intermediate junior three tiers could be the way to go which is what a lot of people think but there is still that mindset out there that a cavern player has in his head i sh i have to have a chance to win sam mcguire at the start of the year do you think there's any chance that we're getting somewhere on kind of softening that attitude i think there is because like the two lads mentioned you know like the the, the contests i think that's the most important thing get like the Teams are having a go as well. I mean, yeah. sort of like, uh, look, I only saw highlights last night, but there was amazing. There was, I mean, did Westmead go down to 14 men early in the first half and yeah. still won? Yeah. And, and were they like seven or eight points down and down to 14 men, came back to win by three yeah. in the end? In goal. You know, you had like Graham and Galligan being forced to retake a penalty. And then, you know, as, as Wheelow said last night, and he comes off his line again, but this time the goal stands. But... You know, like there was so much happened in the first weekend for it to kind of really build a narrative. And you'd kind of hope now that I just 
you'd hope that maybe the general public will buy into it a little bit more and will actually go and support it. I think Niall is right. I think, look, to a certain extent, it is difficult. It's a difficult competition to get your marketing and promotion on the get-go when you don't actually know who's going to be playing in it until a lot of the provincial championships conclude. To be fair to the GAA on that front, but um, I think, look, this is the first year. I think it's been a good it's been a good launch for it now. And I think they will definitely learn some things that worked and some things that didn't. I would be very strong. And please do not go to a round robin. I think the straight knockout element. It's done, Rory. It's done. It is. It's done. It's, 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 to my mind, to my it's, mind that, I'm, that, that is a mistake. I think that is a mistake. But anyway, I think, yeah. look, that's for another day. I think it's, Mikey, there's, like, there's loads finish, of good aspects to it. You know, Mikey, before we finish, you know, we can, Maybe we are too hard on ourselves in the GA and we beat ourselves up too much. Big time. I look at the positive and I say, what, what should be positive out of the Munster final? Just the class of Kerry's football, the class of Dublin's football, the beauty of, of Galway's forward play. And, and yes, the Ulster wasn't expected, but at the same time, the passion, the colour, uh, the joy, the euphoria of 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 this dairy drama, sport. Pat. It was drama. drama. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, the drama, and then you take the Talton Cup and all the excitement and the close matches and the extra time in in Sligo. And do you know what? It was like is our glass half empty or half full? Yeah. But Pat, Jeez, my Pat, glass, Pat, is, Pat, my glass Pat, is half. If you, if you think about it, right? You've got two international sports, but billions and billions and billions of euros, pounds, dollars, whatever you want, thrown into it. Their marquee game, which was probably going live to however many billions of people all over Europe and all over the world, delayed because it was so badly organized in terms of people getting in and out of the stadium by far up to 40, was it 40 minutes? 36 the, minutes. 36 minutes before the game kicked off. A total fiasco. And this is UEFA. And then the next day, they didn't manage to finish a Formula One Grand Prix. Because they ran out of light, I think was it was it. <laughs> they didn't want to drive in the rain, yeah, or, or, or the weather was bad or something. So I do think the GA can be, you know, people in within GA circles can be a bit hard on themselves at times. And I think it's it was a good weekend for football overall. Look, a lot of the negatives are stuff that we knew, we knew, we all knew in advance anyway. And I don't think we need to be beating ourselves up too much about it anymore. No, no. We're On that happy. unusually We're... positive note, yeah. We're happy. <laughs> we'll leave to that. My, <laughs> my, my future as a tipping uh, pundit is still intact, as is Pat's. Uh, Pat, we're going to break away. We'll have our own podcast where we 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 just we don't ever get a prediction wrong. <laughs> Until that day, we'll see you on Thursday to preview the weekend's action. Thank you to Pat, to Niall, and to Rory, and we will see you then. Thank you. Good luck. by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it! Well, it's